Hey everyone, Marissa here. I wanted to tell you about Local ABA. Local ABA is a remote supervision company founded by me. We're dedicated to providing quality supervision that focuses on your unique needs and how we could best support you. If you've ever been interested in remote supervision before, we are dedicated to curating a safe space to answer any questions you have with no shame and creating a community of supervisees who are committed to being culturally responsive and well-rounded BCBAs. Please visit us at our website, localaba.com, or visit us on Instagram at localbcba. Thank you so much. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. That's where I'm so thankful for my ABA partner. Um, You know, like, because I'm like, she let me quit and was like, whoa, like, this is like, I've never seen... I don't think Tao had ever seen me at that point before. And I was never at that point before. So she was like, no, 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 no. Like, this is too much. Like, this is stressing you out to a point of a mental breakdown. Welcome back to my ABA partner. We have a special co-host today. Um, We have Peggy Carwheel here. She's my business partner. You met in episode two. Thank you, Peg, for filling in for Alex and making the time to be here today. You're welcome. I'm excited. Yes. So I'm excited, too, because we have amazing guests today, uh, Mariela and Tao. I met Mariela through Instagram, and she's always been so sweet, so supportive um, through IG. And she actually came and um, guest spoke to our locals teaching about ethics. So that was really fun. So, Peggy, you met her, too. And We just love Mariela's energy. She is very, very upbeat and energetic and fun and lighthearted. And we need more people like her in this field. So um, welcome, Mariela and Tao. Yay! Yay. That was a wonderful introduction. That makes me sound really great. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) You are really great. So yes, you deserve a great introduction. So Alex usually does it, but Peggy has prepared an MNFC for us today. So what is our Minion Force choice? Well, I just want to start by saying I hope I don't let Alex down with this. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) our Minion Force choice for today is if you were going to go on vacation, would you rather travel to the city or the country? Hmm. Okay, I'll kick things off. I think I would rather go to a city if I'm going to travel because I want to like be near restaurants and I know this is weird but like hospitals in case of an emergency (laughs) or something literally when I went to Mexico I was like making sure there's like a hospital nearby just because just in case just in case um what about you Mariela um I think I would probably choose the country (laughs) I was like I would like to just like um see more like natural stuff, I guess. Like it's hard to explain. Like I want to see scenic things. Um, and whenever we talk about traveling, like cities are really cool, but we also want to see like natural landmarks as well. And like, those are the stuff that we kind of are interested in too. Like I want to see, I want to go to Iceland, but I just want to see everything that there is like to see there. <laughs> I was like, so I think I would choose the country. Yeah. What about I think, you, um, I say if we're in the United States, I just go to the countryside. So basically just national parks. But if we're going to go abroad, totally all the cities. Ooh, I like that distinction. Definitely. Because that makes sense. Yes, I agree with that. The parks here, very cool. Cities in realm. All right. (laughs) Do you want to bring in our special MNFC participant? Yes. Alan, do you want to share? In fact, this this MNFC was inspired by him because he's currently traveling. So, Alan, do you want to share? Yes, yes, always. And yeah, I'm in Rome now, big old city. And I am definitely a city traveler because I want to see people and I want to people watch. That's all I've been (laughs) doing here. Best way also, if you're going to Rome, you don't have to spend any money. Just go stand in a square and look at the people and watch them. You'll laugh. You'll go, ah, and you'll say, well, what is up with these Italians? They're crazy. But yeah, I'm <laughs> I love but that. But they got pasta. So, you know, it kind of it kind of balances it out. Yes. <laughs> Yum. Now I want 
Italian tonight. So, <laughs> all right. So again, thank you both for coming and, um, and sharing with us today. Um, I first want to know, how did you guys initially meet? Yeah, um, we met in our undergrad of college, actually. We met at an on-campus club. Sometimes we're like, we met at a club, and people are like, I'm like, no, like an academic club. <laughs> um, so we met on an, 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 on an on-campus club, um, and we were in the same like volunteer committee, and um, we kind of started talking from that volunteer committee, and then um, we started dating shortly afterwards. Um, and now we've been together for six and a half years. <laughs> wow. So what's the, did you, what was the club? Um, it was called sisters. It was a woman in, it was a woman of color empowerment club. Um, and so like, we were just like really like looking for just like community within our university of like different, um, like, you know, different women who were in different fields and who were in different majors, but we, we wanted a way to like build like a sisterhood. We wanted a way to build a community with um, other folks um, who look like us or who um, shared the same values as us. And so, um, yeah, that was like the club that we met at. And then we um, started dating in April of after meeting in like February and stuff. So yeah, we, we've been, it was really interesting because Swiss, like specifically that college is very like predominantly white. Mm. And so all the people of color kind of cling to each other while we're there. And so we actually had mutuals that we didn't know of. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just really interesting when everything unfolded. So, yeah. That's so cool. Where'd you guys go? We went to Central Washington University. So we're both from um, the Central Washington area. Now we live in Illinois. Like, you know, after this last year, we made a move. Um, but uh, yeah, we both went to uh, school in Central Washington. It's very beautiful. Yes. Yeah. If you ever want to go to the PNW, you should do it. You should put it on your bucket list. Yeah. I really do. My cousin is also from Washington and just the pictures that she posts are beautiful, amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it just seems like a different life up there. So that that sounds really, really cool. So in um, in Washington, when you're going to school, I love how you, that story of how you guys met too. And um, it, it's very true. Like people of color have have certain values that that bring it doesn't mean that people who are white don't have those values but like like we like Alex is Korean I am Mexican American and like we both value family I know Peggy is Italian and she values family too so like it's that's like a a tie that's never going to waver and so that's really cool that your school had something like that to bring folks together um, were you studying, Mariela? Uh, so Mariela is the analyst in this partnership. <laughs> and um, were you studying to be an ABA back then? Or like, what were you studying? Um, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I was just, I got my bachelor's in sociology. And I was actually gonna go get my master's and PhD in sociology. Um, I deferred for a year, um, thinking that I was just going to take some time off. Um, it was a particularly like, uh, difficult time in my life during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, when I got, I was going to go into grad school and stuff. So I decided to defer for a year. Um, and I started working with families in our college town actually, um, through the Head Start program. And that's really what kind of catalyst my interest in working with families and children in general. But yeah, my undergrad degree and like my future plan for myself back in 2015 was to become a sociology professor and do a lot of research. Um, oh, cool. And that, um, yeah, and that kind of was uh, derailed a little bit by my love for families and my love for children in general, um, which I didn't expect from myself and so I, until I started working with them. So yeah, that was my original plan. <laughs> nice. Tao, what were you studying? Uh, I was studying computer science um, oh. for at that time, I actually went to uh, Central because they have a music program. It's, you know, pretty good music program in Washington State. Right. Um, but then I realized, well, I I have, I, we had this conversation where where are 
family's retirement plan. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, you know, maybe I need to make a little bit more money. Um, so software engineering was it. And, and yeah. What instrument did you play? I was a perc- percussionist, but I play a little bit of everything. So just drums, um, you know, they taught me piano because for some reason they wanted us to do that for theory and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's very cool. Do you still play at all? Like, do you get to play now? Um, it's been a while. <laughs> we haven't had like a, a place that's big enough for instruments and, and be loud um, until recently since we moved. But, but yeah, I hope to pick that up sometime soon. Cool. That's fantastic. So now, Mariela, you are a behavior analyst. So studying to be sociology, you know, found a different love along the way, um, ABA, which is great. And now you're you're certified so through like through this like were you guys all like you guys have been through through this like together from the beginning from the beginning of your first aba coursework till now so you both have been through it and in this time like this is kind of for both of you what was the best time of this aba journey because it's a long journey you have to get your hours, you have to go to school, you have to pass this board exam. So out of that, where, where can you like pinpoint a moment where it was like, this is the best time? This is rewarding. Um, for me, it was when, so in, in Washington State, we have licensure and certification. So mm-hmm. at 1,000 hours of clinical supervision, you can become a licensed assistant behavior analyst. Um, and so once I got my 1,000 hours, I was really able to do things by myself, but with my BCBA, who was my clinical supervisor, as like, you know, a sounding board. And to me, like, it was all of the work with like, not all of the pressure on you to make all the right decisions to you to handle all of the difficult situations and stuff like that. Um, So like for me, I think that I'm very content now where I'm at and like, I feel very um, capable, but like in the journey of itself, I felt the safest um, when I was a, when I was a, um, a lava and I felt like I could like turn to my supervisor for help. And like the expectation was like, you're still learning. And of course our field is very reliant on that. You're still learning and acquiring, you know, a new scope or continuing to like, you know, make sure that you're competent. Um, but it was very much in that wheelhouse of like, oh, this is going to be super easy um, to manage because I have the full on support of like my supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't now, cause I definitely do. My supervisor is great. Um, but um, I just like, I was like, I just like wanted, that was, I think the happiest or like maybe the safest is the better word for me <laughs> where I felt really safe in that period of my ABA journey. Yeah. So, I mean, Mariela, not to go off on a tangent, but is it safe to say then that you had a quality supervision experience? Yeah, I think it was. I had a, I, I think there were some times where um, we um, kind of had some differences, which is totally fine, just because I had two different supervisors at the company that I was at. And so like, you know, some of like the differences were not very big, but I think I did have like quality supervision um, in the sense that I was really trained um, on the specifics of that specific model, which was really great. And now has like really continued to inform my practice um, as a behavior analyst to now. So yeah, I, I think I, I did get really good supervision. Yeah, I just want to add because she has mentioned to, to me about this is that some of the stuff that she was learning about at work, she actually was able to apply when she was um, in school. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really interesting to see that like, oh, some of the concepts that she learned, she already knew and so when it was time to you know write out a piece of paper yeah it was just pretty easy because you can have examples and stuff like that wow that's really cool because I feel like sometimes um our science is very like it's three-pronged it's like hours schoolwork exam and those could be three separate things and if you could combine any of those like that's fantastic. So that's really cool, Tal, and that you even know that, and <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> what about for you, Tal? What do you feel was like the best time for for uh, Mariela and you during this journey? I think what you know what she mentioned. Um, I would 
totally agree. And I would totally agree at, at that company too. Um, they've really supported her a lot, um, even during her time of testing. Um, and I would say like, since then, as probably recently, it's probably when you feel like safe and you feel like supported and you feel like you're doing a great job with your clients and families. Um, there was a hiccup in between. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go into it, but essentially, you know, we, we had a kind of a rough journey with her BCBA. Oh, we will get there, Tao. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of leads into my next question, which is what was the, the toughest part of this journey for, for you both? Uh, the toughest part of my journey was my first year of certification. Mm-hmm. Um, so like not during, not before, not the study, it was truly the year I got my certification, August, 2019, um, August, 2019 th- through August, 2020 was definitely a really, really tough year for me. Um, it was so tough that I wanted to leave the field. <laughs> um, and you know, like ultimately it came down to poor supervision and poor management from the company that I was at, um, with high expectations for, um, basically a hundred percent billable hours and, you know, like really, really no sense of work-life balance. And there was no boundaries between when I was able to be contacted and when, you know, I had to be on call all the time. And so to me, that was so un, um, unproductive for me. And it was, and it felt really forced in a way that I was like, this is like draining the passion that I have for families and the passion that I have for like children and ABA, because I'm just, trying to meet a billable deadline and not really like having the time to even like research more things because I was just so consumed with like, well, I only build 35 hours this week and I know I need to bill 40. And so like that last, the first year of me being a BCBA was a year where I was like, do I even want to do this? Like I totally questioned myself for the entire year of like, wow, like maybe I made a mistake. Like I truly felt like I had made a mistake Um, just because I was also seeing ABA that I didn't agree with (laughs) and then like being able to speak out on it and then just being told to like, like, I know more than you because I've been in the field longer than you. Um, that gets really, really tough because you're like, yeah, but like those methodologies do not work. You know, like we have to move, we have to move forward and we have to move in like better directions for the sake of our clients dignity and for like ethical reasons too. And it was just a really hard time for me just because I was dealing with a lot of um, like workplace toxicity and um, just overall a mis a misalignment of values between me and the company that I was at. I can relate to you on so many levels right now. So I am, I had a similar experience where I had to leave what I was doing for my own health, you know, and, and my family's, you know, livelihood, like just, I wasn't showing up. I wasn't there because of those pressures, because of those billable, um, minimum requirements and all of those things. So yeah, it's, that's rough. And I think that that's a real, um, thing in our field right now. I think a lot of people are experiencing this. And so I think, you know, sharing this and letting people know, like, this is normal. We, it shouldn't be normal. It's not okay, but it's, it's, it's okay to feel this way. And it's okay to stop what you're doing and and make a shift to better yourself. And so I just, I appreciate you sharing that because I literally just went through something very similar and had to make a change or say, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I would have left the field. I don't, I don't know. But so, yeah, good for you that you were able to get out of it. And those are the things. Yeah. And those are the things that I talked about in my ethics uh, conversation with y'all was saying like, there's people who weaponize ethics um, to get you to do stuff like that um, or to get you to like, to push you to make more billable hours, to push you to provide services that you know that you shouldn't be providing as much or have as many clients as you reasonably should, you know, a lot of, and like one of the things that the person that I was working with um, would say was like, well, you can't abandon your clients. Like 
and and it it was just a guilt trip and then using ethics you know as a way to you know kind of hold you in that position and like hold power over you especially when you're a new BCBA and you're just like trying to figure things out on your own trying to figure out insurance try to fill out figure out billing and like just being on your own for the first time a lot of the times what I was experiencing was like somebody who had more experience than me holding it over me and then holding it in the sense of like wielding their power over me. And I was still very new. And now, you know, I've been in the field, you know, five years now. And so like now I know more how to advocate for myself and I feel more confident doing that. But during that time, I had no confidence and I was like very crushed. So it was a really hard time for me. And like you said, Peggy, it was a really hard time for Tao. Um, And I will let her kind of talk about her experience of like watching me go through that because it was a rough year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, well, the transition is that, you know, she was doing in-home and we were in Seattle. And so that has an additional commuting time. Um, She was driving from family to family and sometimes it could be 30 minutes or an hour or sometimes it could be 15 minutes. But then you add on like Seattle traffic. Um, So we didn't get to spend any time together. Um, And on top of that, you know, she was on call, Um, you know, 9 p.m., messaging um, to try to get her to do some sort of documentation. And and it was just really hard to just see her feel so stressed all the time. And like, she really just like was explaining to me the moment that her phone like rings or like, you know, she gets a message, she's like, I have PTSD from this because it's always from the supervisor. It's always from someone else asking for something. Um, And so like, we tried so hard to like try to separate that, but we couldn't. And even when we went camping um, one one weekend, it was so weird because we were in the middle of like Wenatchee, like in the woods. And somehow when she turned on her phone, she got like emails from work. And we don't know how, because we didn't have service out there. Um, and so it was like, it just literally immediately ruined the weekend because it was just negative, like, negativity all the time um and so like those moments like that it was just like I told her I was like just quit like I can't deal with like what you're going through because it was like the pandemic you know it was so much going on that I was like just quit your job like just stay home we'll find something else after all this kind of blows through and so it was just it was just hard um I mean, I literally cried like every day, like, and that's not an exaggeration. It was just so like, you know, mentally exhausting and then emotionally exhausting and then being made bad to feel when I was like, they made me feel bad when I tried to establish boundaries. Like the day that we went camping, those were my supposed day offs, but I was being like, you have to do this tonight. You have to do this tonight. And it's like, it's no, like it's Saturday and Sunday. Like I'm, in the woods and like you kind of had to like let them know these things and like even though I did let I I don't even have to tell you what I'm doing on my day off but it was such a controlling environment that like I still told them what I was doing on my day off and it was like it doesn't matter you have to do this now and so it was just like a super hard time and I think that like you know when you become a BCBA you're like I am gonna make a difference. I'm gonna like, you know, help families. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna like really like put in my best worth, my best effort forth. And just when you're trying to do that and you're being crushed by the weight of billable hours or the like you're being crushed by that, it really, really just takes away from what you're trying to do in the long run, which is like make an impact on families if you can't stop thinking about, did I meet billable hours this week? Is this bill- is this considered a billable hour? Oh, I don't have time to talk to parents because I have to get to my next billable hour. Like it's just, it was, it was just so many different factors that that part of our, my journey as a BCBA was almost the breaking point for myself. And if it wasn't for Tao's like encouragement to just say, just quit. Like, you know, like we, we've had this conversation and like, you know, I, my parents are like, you know, Mexican immigrants. I grew up in like, you know, like working in the orchards and the warehouses and stuff like that. And like, we didn't just quit without anything lined up. Like I didn't have another job. I literally just quit. And I, and I was just like, 
I need to, Tal was just like, just quit. And I gave my two weeks and, um, she was like, well, traditionally people give 30 days. And I like looked through the handbook and I was like, the handbook says two weeks. Like that's literally all I could handle was like those two weeks. And I literally was counting down the days until I was like done working there. And it was just a very, it was honestly a very traumatic work experience that I had to kind of heal from. And, you know, I was really privileged and fortunate enough to have a a partner like Tao, you know, and to be in a financial situation, like, cause I know this is impossible for everyone. And that's something that I always like, you know, bring up is like our financial situation allowed us for me to quit. I was like, and for us to still be financially okay. And it's so hard when you don't have another option. And like, you know, like that's where I'm so thankful for my ABA partner, Um, you know, like, because I'm like, she let me quit and was like, whoa, like, this is like, I've never seen, I don't think Tao had ever seen me at that point before. And I was never at that point before. So she was like, no, 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 no. Like, this is too much. Like, this is stressing you out to a a point of a mental breakdown. Um, So, you know, like, it was like, I was really fortunate to have um, Tao as my partner for not only emotional support, but financial support as I was like trying to like, put the pieces of my professional life together, which was really that time from like August until December of 2020. I was just really trying to put myself and my BCBA life together. Um, And that was like really a really important moment in my career um, to learn how to value myself as a behavior analyst and not my productivity as a behavior analyst. I think that you said something really, really great where you said, we get into this field where BCBAs and we want to like change the world. We want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. We want to be the best clinician for our clients, right? And, but if we are beating ourselves with billable hours, beating ourselves to meet this meeting, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this because I have to meet this quota, like we are not helping anybody if we are doing that. We're actually hurt, hurting ourselves and hurting those that we serve as yeah. well. You know? Yeah, and it's like someone, I don't, I don't know where I read this or who said it, but like in America, we just have a health insurance system. We don't have a healthcare system. Ooh, it's just good. about billing. It's just about the invoices. It's not about actually taking care of people and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's the big difference sometimes, um, that, you know, we, we don't really think about. Right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I think though, Mariela, all, everything that you just said kind of leads me into the next question, which I'm going to direct at Tao. Um, so what advice would you give to other ABA partners, especially after going through what you went through? Um, do you have good advice for other folks? Um, so I, I think there's like several things because I learned a lot about myself this time too, um, is understanding, you know, we're, we had a very codependent relationship at that point because <laughs> of what was going on. But I think like the one thing I had to learn is that like to give space and to communicate, you know, this is the time that I, I need time for myself. And this is the time where we should spend time together and really be able to, um, like really be intentional about our time. Because she has to study, you know, she was studying for like three, four hours when she was getting her board. um, And we had to really separate ourselves. Um, And at at that time, I felt like we were just doing long long distance (laughs) at that point. Um, But then also, you know, uh, when I was seeing everything, it's it's also good to just kind of surprise people with gifts sometime. um, Just so that, you know, they can get over a hunch. Um, that's how you know that my love language is receiving gifts. Yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, is that her love language? Yeah, I love gifts. They're so great. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, I, you know, I'm software engineer, computer science person, um, like mathematical stuff. But I also offer to just listen um, to her study and like the topics that she's learning about or like the families, because I think that also helps her be able to process things, right? And then I ask questions and then maybe it can just like open up a new door. Um, 
and stuff like that. And so like, it's a, it's also an intellectual journey for partners too. Yeah. Um, I'm very much invested in what she does and, and I've seen it, you know, how it changes her, her families and what it does to help the kids. Um, and so most of the time I don't understand what she's doing. I just know that, <laughs> oh, hey, the kid's like finally talking or like he's finally eating or like, you know, she's able to just like Sharing hang out victories. and play with other kids without like, yeah. you're right. And, and, you know, I think that's really cool um, as someone who does the complete opposite <laughs> of what she does. Right. You're um, like on so a I computer just, all day. Thing. Yeah. So just listen and ask questions and be curious. Um, those are the things that, you know, I find very, very helpful, I feel like. I, I think that that's you know. really cool um, that you're able, because like, um, like you got, like I have this as well, like codependency, where that is not, that's not something that we really want, but I relied so heavily on, on Alex during my time because he was there. He was my partner. Like I had, I had no other choice, you know? And, um, and I wanted to, you know, cause he would always help me feel better, but I feel like that was a lot for him to handle. And, um, because, you know, like he sees me suffering and, and he suffers because I'm suffering and I, I didn't really want that. So I think that that's really smart that you guys kind of like put those like boundaries in place for each other. Like, okay, I'm going to spend time over here. You're going to spend time over here and we're just going to, you know, um, divide our time so that we can be not codependent, but just, just dependent, like, just like, just loving and depending on each other and supporting without this, like, kind of feeling of like, I I definitely like obligation, not that you guys felt Mm -hmm. obligated, but I know that that's how I felt with Alex and how he felt with me, you know, so um, but I, I think that's really important. Not a lot of folks talk about that, that, um, that side of things. That like, and, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And like how it could leak over when you're done, you're certified. And now what, you know, and mm-hmm. it could continue. And um, we don't, I, I didn't want that. I don't want that. Right. And yeah. honestly, it's been like years since my exam, but I, still am feeling like that I'm still depending on him so it's like just trying to work through it so I think that that's really smart what what you said I think that like the most codependent that I felt was not during the studying um because actually that summer um it was easier for to separate because she was in Seattle and uh she was like and I was in our hometown still and but it was rather like when I was really struggling at my job was when I was like the first year the first year I was just so attached to like I wanted to talk it over because I was like, am I crazy? Like I needed somebody's validation that I wasn't crazy. I mean, it was just like the microaggression. Cause you know, like that does kind of yeah. drive you. Like you're like questioning, is this real? Like, I can't believe this happened. And so like it, the, the very specific thing of like microaggression that happened with supervisors and coworkers and sometimes even the parents. <laughs> um, so you're just getting kind of like attacked in different places. So that was really hard too. And it, and it's been now like a journey of like setting our own, like healthier boundaries with like, you know, so much happens in my work day that it's like, I can't possibly share that all with Chow. For sure. Like, even if I wanted to, but also like she has her own set of like, um, work problems and work stressors. So like, we just had to find a way and like, you know, really talk about like what, are what is important to both of us and what are the things that we want to share about our careers, but also having the balance that like we're both more than the products of our labor and we're both more than just our careers. So like being able to talk about things beyond our jobs was something that like we really had to work on because we were both like, now you talk about how your day went at work. Now you talk about how your day went at work. And it's like, like instead, yeah, we're just like, <laughs> and so now we're just more so of like, We'll talk about our work for a little bit, but then like, you know, we'll talk about like movies. We'll talk about, we'll share TikToks that we think were funny. We'll share articles like, you know, from Twitter, like, you know, like the things like now that I'm not studying and I'm not as like stressed at my job, like I can actually be a person and not be a BCBA who's stressed or or, like a student 
studying. And like, I think a lot of what happens, especially in like really high billable work areas or in like, in like just like studying for your boards, like our identity kind of becomes consumed by like passing our exam. Like I you like gave of- up that summer that I was studying, yeah. um, you know, to like, you know, pass my boards and like to like, just like understand what I was doing. And like, you know, like I gave up that summer. And then after that, the following summer, I gave it up again because I was so stressed and I was so stressed. I, I felt like I gave up a big portion of my identity to like the field oh, yeah. while trying to figure things out. And then I was like, wait, mm, no, I was like, I am much more than a BCBA. Like a BCBA is like my job, but it's not my entire identity. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Because I definitely gave up over a year of my life. Like that was Going back, that is something I would tell people, don't do that. Go to the wedding, go to the party, go to the yeah. bar, whatever 100%. you go. Take the vacation. Do, do, do that because I, on the weekend, don't check your emails. Like don't do those things, right? No. Like, and Peggy, Peggy does a great job of this because when she came on in April, I noticed that she doesn't respond to emails on the weekends. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what it like, what? Like, and then I never said anything. I just put, you know, antecedent consequence together. And I was like, Oh, it's a weekend. Okay. And she kind of modeled that for me. And now like, local, we have, <laughs> yeah, we have a no weekend email policy, you know, and mm-hmm. because we respect mental health and I think that it's unhealthy now to answer even one email on the weekend like yeah if it, unless it's an emergency but anyways yeah. that yeah I'm, and i'm sure that like, you know were you with your partner at that time when you were studying and doing all that stuff oh uh, we were together but we were long distance so it was a bit mm. different yeah yeah i mean like what you just mentioned like we also felt like we missed out a year and a half of our relationship too mm-hmm. because we were both preoccupied with work and then all that stuff happening and the first year was the pandemic year for her and I was like oh my gosh there was just so many things happening and you know my grandma was stuck in Vietnam at that time because there was just no travel so we were just I mean I don't I don't I just flushed everything down (laughs) we're like we're gonna just ignore that that year happened and like you're like I'm taking the lessons with me but everything else I have to like leave it behind because like I can't even think about it sometimes I'm like right you know we've come so far and like the company that I'm at now I absolutely love and I you know like it's sometimes like you know like when you find really good ABA or you find like really good managers like it really can turn your perspective around to being like I want to stay I want to continue because like being in a like amongst like really great BCBAs or really great valued based companies, um, it really allows for you to say like, it is worth it to stay in this field and continue to fight and continue to try and improve, you know, our field. And it's 100%. not, it's just like, oh, this is just the way it is. It's like, it doesn't no. have to be. Like right. we can change our practice. We right. can change the way we do things, you know? And like, it's just like, it was a really terrible year followed up by a really reassuring year of like you know like yeah this last year was terrible but also like I'm a great BCBA and uh, my current my last employer was wrong I was like you know and you're done I was like you're done yeah like the TikTok (laughs) you're done like you know like it it took me a long time to like even process that because I started to internalize what they were telling me and so it was just like like, you know, like being told, like, I don't know how you pass your exam to your face is something that like, I will like, carry with me in a sense of like, it doesn't hold any weight. But I do, I still remember those words and like hearing, you know, somebody who's supposed to be my supervisor say that to me, um, as a way to insult, because my intelligence in a way, and I was just like, like, you know, like, you know, like I always tell like my supervisees at work, like passing the BCBA exam is the bare minimum to being a BCBA. Like being a BCBA is so much more than just an exam. Like you passing the exam is just saying, go ahead and do it. 
was Mm -hmm. like, what you do afterwards and what you do with your certification is totally up to you and, and how you like do your practice. So it was really hard, but like now this year I am really reassured and like, I feel that I am on a much better path. (laughs) I was like to like, you know, um, developing myself more as a behavior analyst. Cause I'm still a baby BCBA. Like I've only been a BCBA for two and a half years, like, you know, still a baby. So I'm still trying to learn and, you know, have the opportunity to learn, um, is probably one of the greatest things that I can ask for in my current job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to say something really quick about the baby BCBA. No, you're a BCBA. There's no baby <laughs> BCBA. Like you're a BCBA. And like that, that's that. All BCBAs, no matter if you're certified 20 years, two years, one year, like we all have, we all have to learn and we all have to grow. So like, I just feel like that, like, thank you for your transparency, but you're still, you're still a BCBA. So yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, I just want to like honor what you're saying and say that I'm really proud of you for not letting someone else dictate your future because that is like the worst thing like somebody who probably doesn't even think about you to be honest now for not letting somebody have that power over you because like I went through something very similar where I would let those words dictate my future and I would let those words not let me move forward, you know, and I was stuck in a place for so long, because those words had so much power over me. But one day I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Who cares? Who said, I'm gonna do it anyway. And if I would have let those people like bring me down, I wouldn't be where I am today. Just like you wouldn't be where you are today. Because when I see you, Mariela, I really see someone so like confident and strong and someone, yes, who, who struggles, but we all struggle, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's just real, right? Like I'm very, very transparent and saying, Hey, I'm having, you know, anxiety today. I'm having panic attacks today. I'm having this, whatever. And, but I'm still here and I'm still making a difference and I'm still giving it my best every single day. So I just want to say thank you for being you and thank you for being a BCBA and thank you for <laughs> making, you know, changes in our field. So, yeah. And I think that it's, I think that you're one of the people like, you know, I shared with you and like, I share a lot online that like I have pretty severe ADHD. Um, and like, I, I know I, the amount of times you emailed me and I was like, oops, I'm sorry. I forgot. Like, you know, like, you know, and those are things that like, I have to like actively work on, you know, to try to like address and figure out. And like, that's where like, you know, reaching out to people, you know, like you and then being transparent and saying like, hey, like, it's not that I'm like purposely intending to forget about you. It's not that, you know, I'm trying my best to not do these things, but there's sometimes I get like really bad time blindness or, you know, like I just like forget. And then like, it's people like you in our field who don't get, mad but have understanding or they're like oh it's not because you don't care you don't have enough attention to detail it's there's other factors to consider and like that's if we do that with you know our children then we should be able to do that with other professionals in our field and take into consideration like that not all of the not all of the bcbas are like neurotypical but we're also like neurodivergent too and some of us need accommodation sometimes and that's okay and that's not something that we should particularly shy away from but rather that we should like embrace yeah. when we need accommodations and like being able to change the way that we approach people who are different in our field and i think that you do a really good job of modeling that for other people in our field and like you and peggy do because like you both have emailed me and then i forgot about it and then i did an email back and tells like oh my god i can't believe you're because <laughs> she knows she's i'm like oops i forgot and then i'm like i'll do it right now and then i forget again and i'm like oh my gosh I'm a terrible person, no. I'm like, but, but I, I'm not, I, I'm obviously not, but I always like, you know, like there's those times where like, you know, like being open with the people in your life and being open with like other professionals that you have really good bonds with about the things that you struggle with will be really empowering in the long run, because then 
you get help and you get like people understand where you're coming from. And so like, I just like want to like say like how much I appreciate the both of you for, you know, being so patient with my like the level of ADHD. (laughs) I was like, you know, the things that I forget, but you both have been so incredibly patient with me and like, you know, being in a position like myself, like it means a lot because like, you know, it's really easy to get frustrated. And like, I would be frustrated. I get frustrated. I was like with myself, I was like, and I understand that like you both have made such a really big impact on like how I communicate and just like being transparent with you all. So like, I like, I just like want to say that I I appreciate that you're both so transparent and that you're um, willing to like, you know, make changes to like your behavior to make sure that like I'm able to be successful or that like the people in your like the locals are able to be successful. So like, I just like wanted to give y'all a shout out for that because, you know, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. But I think there's also something to be said too about like, we're all professionals and we're, we all got into this field because we enjoy it. Right. So like, there's never the assumption of, oh, this person didn't email me back because they're incompetent or they're, they didn't think about us. Right. It's nothing like that. It's like, nope, they're just as busy as we are and they have just as many distractors in their life as we do. And so I forget to do stuff all the time, right? So I think (laughs) it's just this healthy understanding that we are all professionals and that we're doing the best we can, right? Like that that's what every day we're just doing the best we can. And I think if we can normalize that a little bit more rather than like you're saying, meeting these 40 billable hours, I think that's kind of the mentality we need to have in this field. And we all need to shift in that direction to better support each other so we can grow and learn. So we're not just like, you know, drilling through and getting stuff done because we have to, but it's, we're doing it because we want quality and we're passionate about that. So no, thank you for, for that. But, you know, I think we all should be better at being more accommodating and understanding for each other. This is just a big thank you circle, which I love. (laughs) I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. And I just like love that. (laughs) Yeah. We're here. We need that. We need that. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Amazing. Well, thank you guys so, so much um, for coming today and for being with us today and um, sharing a little bit about your journey and the ups and downs. And what I got from this is just like, make those boundaries, carve out mental health. If it's not working, like it's probably not working for a reason and it's something to reconsider. And Tao is like another, like I have, I find a theme with our ABA partners (laughs) and it's like patience is number one. (laughs) I have not met an impatient ABA partner yet. And so I feel like another, like very patient, very understanding and, you know, intrigued partner where it's like, you know, like, teach me and talk to me about this. And I think that that's really, really important. Yes. So the listening piece, that's what I was going to say. Being there to listen for your partner is, in my opinion, the best support you could give somebody. And like you said, yeah. when you want to listen, listen. When you need to set those boundaries, set those boundaries. That's okay, yeah. too. But just that listening piece and being willing to let her teach you because that that is so helpful when you're studying, right? That's what Ryan talked about in ours. The fact that I was able to just talk to him about it and make sure it was making sense as it was coming out of my mouth. That was like the best help in studying. So that listening piece, I think is just so important for ABA partners. And we thank you for that because it's so helpful. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. Uh, and also like I'm the best. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and also like I think like, you know, like if a job isn't good for your mental health, like it's okay for you to quit. And like yeah. you're not abandoning your clients because you shouldn't abandon yourself in right. pursuit of like being there for them. Like yeah. it's okay for you to quit if you need to. And I think that was really hard for me to accept because I wanted to be there for my clients, but I was like, I am not there for myself now. Um, so I just always like want to remind people, like if it's not working out for you, like it's okay. You will find a place to be. You will find a place that will support you and nurture you and like help develop your growth. And if that's not where you're at right now and you don't have an option but to stay and that's okay, but know that in the future you can quit. 
you can quit now if you can, um, because we need you in our field. We don't need yep. you to be out of our field completely. And I think that that was the biggest lesson to me in 2020 is you can quit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you can quit and it'll be okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess like I just want to add one last thing just observing and listening to everyone is that like people really do make it or break it for you in, in this career in this field because from what like I hear from you and then hear from um, everyone else is like your supervisors your managers really just put a really big impact on you as a professional and then also in your personal life which is ridiculous <laughs> Um, and so like that to me seems like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of positivity, a lot of appreciation between all three of you. And that to me is like, it's just about people like at this point, like if you can make that connection and then be understanding each other, then I feel like more people would want to be BCBAs and, and more yeah. people want to get into the field. Um, but yeah, it's just an observation. And I think it's really so cool true. to see that happening. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We, um, this is our first feature podcast, so we're excited. I'm just Ooh. kidding. Um, I mean, it is. I was like, but um, thank you so much for having us. Um, we really, I really enjoy the work that you both do. I, you know, I love seeing all the locals get their like BCBA and their certification, and like I think it's really exciting the work that y'all are doing, and like you know, really working towards making transformative changes in our supervision, which is exactly what we need as a field. Um, so, like, I, I'm just like really thankful for the both of you and for the work that you do in our field um and for having us over and for thinking of me <laughs> i was like yeah. um for whenever uh you need something or like you know we we're always here i'm always here to support in any way that i can um so i just wanted to say thank you yay thank you I really just want to say thank you for making the time out again. And um, Tao, it was so lovely to meet you. I love meeting all the ABA partners and getting their perspective. So thank you so much for coming. All right. Until next time. Thank you. And we'll see you later. Bye.